Hello and welcome to Voices of Westerly, a new podcast from the United Theatre featuring conversations, many of which are recorded in front of a live audience, with the creative and professional individuals who make Westerly, Rhode Island such a unique and inspired community of leaders, innovators, and artists. I'm your host, Tony Nunes, Artistic Director of the United Theatre, here in the beautiful downtown arts district of Westerly, Rhode Island. The Voices of Westerly series is inspired by Westerly photographer and artist Josh Behan, who created a Faces of Westerly portrait series, which we premiered here a couple of years ago at the United and is now on permanent display and rotation in our halls. Voices of Westerly live discussions will take place monthly in our post-credit scene event space here at the United. First guest uh, I'll bring up is executive director of Westerly Library and Wilcox Park, Bridgette Hopkins, uh, and she'll join us up here. You can come on up. Yeah, we're ready. All right, you should be good. Okay. Okay. Hi. Welcome, Bridgette. Um, I'd like to start these conversations off with everybody uh, with kind of the same question and a little geographic context in history. A major touch point for this series is highlighting what makes Westerly so unique in its ability to foster a community of creatives. So I'm going to begin by asking what first brought you or what your history is in this corner of Rhode Island that we call Westerly. Oh, my history. Um, kind of convoluted way that I got to Westerly, and that's from my husband, who had started working for an architecture firm here um, a year prior, and one of his co-workers found out there was a job opening, and we were living in West Warwick at the time where I was the director of the library, and um, I had visited Westerly a few times before. I'm not from Rhode Island, but it was pretty awesome, and you could... I. I tell this all the time, that just coming to Westerly, you can sort of feel that sense of pride that everyone has for the community that they live in, and um, I wanted to be a part of that. So where, where are you from then, if you're not from Westerly? So I grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut, and I moved to Rhode Island. Well, I attended school at Roger Williams University, actually starting in for architecture, and ended up getting um, a degree in historic preservation um, with a concentration preservation planning, hoping to become a town planner. And while I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, um, I started working for the Providence Public Library and fell in love, and the rest is history. So just sticking with Westerly for a minute before yeah. we talk more about you and what you do in the library. Um, so since living here, uh, I like to ask people what their favorite parts of Westerly are. What, what are your favorite things to do in Westerly? What makes Westerly a special community to you? Um, you know, what makes it stand out? Um, some of the, my favorite things, well, I live not too far from downtown, so I love the walkability. Um, I grew up near beaches, although the beaches were on Long Island Sound, so 
you know, not too great, but um, love the beaches. I love the hiking trails from, you know, the land trust. And, um, you know, I, I really love this sense of community. I love being able to walk downtown. I've seen it really grow, the United coming in and being able to go to a movie and a restaurant and do some local shopping. Um, I didn't have that growing up. So it's pretty awesome. And you have kids, right? Yes. So I actually mark my time at the library by how old my son is because <laughs> right after I found out um, about being, well, at the, the time I was offered the position at the library, I found out I was pregnant. So yeah, it was a lot. Um, so I've been, my son's going to be nine. I have a 13, almost 13. He'll be 13 on Saturday. Um, and yeah, it was a lot when we started because I, new job, new house, new baby. <laughs> Has it been a good community to, to raise kids in? Yeah, I love it. The, um, actually just one thing, just my son's English teacher just wrote us a random email saying how great my son is doing in class and she's so proud of how, um, how he's doing in class, seeing him grow and flourish, and you don't get that in big schools, no. in big communities. So, so I want to go back a little bit uh, to your bio. You know, mm -hmm. you just mentioned that y you hold a master's from URI in, in library and information science. Yes, um, and you have a bachelor's from Roger Williams in historic preservation. So, before we talk about the library and all of your amazing work in history there. I wanted to know a little bit more. You said you wanted to be a town planner. So yes. I want to know a little bit more about you know, where that comes from, where that historic preservation side and town planning side and, and desire to be part of a community and a community leader uh, you know, from, from way back when you were in college. Um, what kind of sparked that? Well, I, I'm actually quite an introvert and super shy. Um, so I don't think I really wanted to be a leader. I kind of wanted to... But I always wanted to do something that had an impact on my community. And I like to work with people and help people. Um, historic preservation, I loved building things as a kid, and I still do. Um, you know, breaking out the, even just breaking out the drill um, and putting things together and building log Legos. I love Legos. Um, so my son and I build a lot of Legos. But, um, so I started off in the architecture program at Roger Williams thinking that, oh, I want to be an architect. And it was not what I thought it was going to be. The creative side really wasn't there. You had to be creative, but you're working with clients who, and you have these constraints on what you can do. So, you know, unless you become an IMP or, you know, <laughs> someone, um, you don't really get to do what you want to do. So historic preservation was um, sort of a side thing at the school. And uh, I love old buildings and history and research. And so it, you know, all of my love sort of started just taking me down this path. So how does that work in historic preservation and planning translate to your work that you do today with the library? Um, it's a big building, and so, and a historic building. And um, I think with planning, I 
my brain is always going on spatial planning and looking at how people utilize spaces and knowing that when you can plan it in a certain way. We had an interior renovation in 2010 in the library prior to my arrival, um, and it looked pretty, but is it really functional? You know, so I always am assessing the space and the use um, and trying to fulfill the needs of the patrons without them really even understanding that that's what we're trying to do. So um, I just want to stay on historic preservation yes. for one and, more one yeah. more beat here because um, I have a specific question for you. Um, because part of your job is your director of the library and the park. Yes. Uh, Wilcox Park is a nationally significant listing on the National H Register of Historical Places. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I'm, I'm reading some history that I got from your website here. Um, designated by Warren Manning, a former associate of Frederick Olmsted and founding father of the American Society of Landscape Architects. Mm -hmm. A lot of history. That's a really uh, beautiful park. It's a centerpiece here in Westerly. Um, and I know you have a historic little building, a cute little cottage in there that you guys are kind of working on doing something with after a long time of, of doing nothing there. So anything yeah. Yeah, can so I share? Can, yeah, I can talk about that. Actually, I'm working on a press release as um, I was doing that today um, because we're starting construction on the cottage. Uh, we had people have lived in the cottage um, it's a caretaker's cottage. It was on the property when the land was given to us or purchased. There's lots of um, plats and lots that were acquired over the decades. Um, it's about 1850, we think it was built. It was moved and turned around um, and then became residence for the groundskeepers over the years. Um, we had some staff living in it. We also had, um, let's see, we had staff and then unfortunately someone moved out and we said, hey, this is an old cottage. It's not insulated. Let's look into getting an assessment to insulate the cottage and they found knob and tube wiring that was live. So then we had to find an electrician and you know, you know how that goes. And um, we had actually a pipe burst. It froze, it burst, and then we had this cottage that we said, okay, what are we gonna do with it? And um, it's been a long time coming. We have two donors who have generously given us the funds to renovate the cottage, which we hope is starting in the next few weeks. And the plan is to use it as an artist in residence in conjunction with all of the arts organizations around us um, to provide space for um, a number of local artists and maybe we'll pull artists in from other parts of um, the country, but also provide free exposure to our, to our community members and beyond. That's great, that's exciting. Um, especially the the ability to use that space, you know, to do artist residencies and have interesting people come in because a lot of what you do at the library and a lot of what libraries have become actually are, uh, they're, they're way more than what you 20, 30 years ago would think a library is. Yeah. Um, they're very much community centers. Um, you guys do a lot of, I mean, you, you do 
things in tech, and your, your teen programs are incredible. Um, so let's pivot now and talk a little bit about you yeah, and that. the world of library. And, and what, a, what is it, I mean, what is, what is your job entail? I mean, how do you describe your job to people and what libraries are today and all of the things that encompasses? Um, how do I describe my job? <laughs> no pressure. No. no. Um, I think um, as an executive director, I don't have to do things, but I kind of need to know everything about everything that's going on and assist all of the staff that are doing and provide some guidance to them. Um, so it helps with knowing what's going on with the facility, and I think my historic preservation and architecture background really help with that. Um, learning a lot about the park, but knowing um, what's going on in, in, uh, with kids and teens and young adults, and um, we now have a tween librarian. I think we're the first library in the state to have a tween librarian, just dedicated to those eight to 12-year-olds um, because there was a gap. Uh, they didn't, you know, that age doesn't want to hang out with the kids' stuff but they're too, way too young for the teen room. So now we have this cool little space and they, we have some gaming, both in the tween room and the teen room. So we have, um, we have a Nintendo Switch and a Wii and lots of board games and books and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and we are looking for someone to do adult Dungeons and Dragons. So if you know anyone who wants to be a dungeon master, we are looking. Um, but actually, the, I think the library, this library in particular, the incorporators, the folks that founded the library, and they were ahead of their time. We had a bowling alley and a gym and locker rooms. So it was a space for, as I describe it, as the mind, body, and spirit. So there was a space for the Grand Armies of the Republic, a public library, and then these other spaces um, for soldiers and sailors of the Civil War. And you know that's only progressed. They did think of the library as a community center. We have an art gallery, and that art gallery has been there um, for a number of years. We had a museum in there. Um, we now have a local history space, um, and have really tried to stay relevant uh, so that people don't think that we're just, and people don't think we're just books. Like we have a maker space with uh, VR stuff and light tables and laser cutter and engraver, which gets a lot of use. Um, and we do have podcasting equipment. Um, we also have video um, production equipment. We have sewing machines and sergers that people can come in and use and media, uh, digital media conversion equipment. So people who have old slides and um, eight millimeter that can um, just come in and use it for free and switch over to um, a digital format. Um, and we also now have a library of things, so people can use their library card and check out karaoke machines, bird watching kits, hot spots, iPads, museum passes, um, and we're getting a whole bunch of other things for this library of things. 
That's amazing. Yes, we have a ghost hunting kit. And you, you do have ghost hunt. I mean, you, you had the ghost hunters we did. do an episode at the library. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That was, that was what, five or six years ago? Yeah. We actually had the local TAPS group come to the library. Um, I don't really remember how they came to Westerly Library, but um, they came and, you know, they stayed at night and took readings or did whatever, and supposedly they found things. Is it EVP that you can, when I'm you can get sure. the voice recording? Oh, yeah. It was a little creepy. That's the opening of Ghostbusters yeah. in a library. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, um, and so then Ghost Hunters, who is kind of like the next step up, came and did an investigation. There's nothing there. It was on TV, right? It was. Yes, yeah, you're on TV. Pretty amazing. So what were the findings? Definitely haunted? No. No? Oh. It's a shame. You should say it is. I, mean, I don't think I'd want to work there if no? it was. No? Oh, man. No. Um, Freaks me out. Yeah. I won't go up into the attic, though. Not by myself. No? Mm-mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about libraries and, you know, all of the things that you do, in your opinion, what makes a library such an important place in your life personally and in kind of the heart and centerpiece of, of a community where libraries thrive? That's a tough... I think library, libraries are, we can, I consider them sort of third spaces. So not your home, not your work, but another place you can go and get your needs and wants met. So there's entertainment, there's stuff for research, there's, um, we even have um, a community resource advocate. So if somebody doesn't know um, about certain services, they can make an appointment, reach out to her, and she'll guide them to the different um, points of access that'll get them what they need. Um, libraries, are neutral places, so we don't judge when people come into the library. I think we all have our own biases, and it's, of course, hard not to, um, but we serve everyone in all walks of life, all demographics, and no one's treated differently. Do you we have challenges, you know, like, yeah. with, you know, there's book banning going on and try, tr people trying to ban books again um, in certain parts of the country. Do you, do you run into challenges like that here in Westerly? We do. We've gotten some requests about books, but there's a process. And uh, there's also a process on purchasing materials. So we use specific criteria in order to bring materials into the library. Um, and they're vetted. So for someone to challenge a material and us say, absolutely not, the chances of that are probably slim to none, but we do know that there's something in every library to offend a person, you know? There's something to offend everyone in a library, um, but it's all subjective. So we have something for everyone, but something to offend everyone. <laughs> so you're, you're, if I've read this right, so you're coming up on 10-year, your 10-year anniversary. So it'll be 10 years next January. Next January, yes. okay. That's coming up. Yeah. Um, what have been some of your favorite memories in that almost decade time here, at, in, in, not in Westerly, but working at the library in particular? Um, I really enjoyed celebrating our 125th anniversary, becoming a literary landmark. 
Um, we have a special collection of a lot of Margaret Wise Brown materials. And um, due to this collection, uh, we are, I think, still the one and only literary landmark in Rhode Island, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Um, you know, we've had visits from different people. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say some of the different visits from people, but I've been starstruck a few times too. Um, it's an amazing building, and uh, it was designed by a firm called Longstaff and Heard. And if anyone's been to the Barnum Museum in Bridgeport, it was done by the same folks, and you can see a lot of parallels there, um, which really geeks me out. Um, I love it. And uh, let's see. And I creating a makerspace. So I feel like there's been a lot of change um, since I've been there. I just saw some gaps. We didn't have a teen librarian when I started. We didn't have um, a tech person when I started to help people with computers. We didn't have a marketing person. We didn't have a development person. We didn't have an assistant director. Um, so there was a lot of, or, you know, we didn't have the tween librarian, um, we didn't have the makerspace. Um, so there's been a lot of things we've tried to do to stay relevant and current and also ease the burden on all of the other staff because these needs have always been there. Um, so I think, yeah, just seeing the library evolve and grow with the community has been, um, and being a part of that has been, I think, the best thing. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Westerly. You know, I was a school in Westerly. I was born in Westerly. And mm -hmm. I have to say, the last decade of changes at the library are, are definitely momentous. And I mean, I applaud everything you've done to Thank bring you. it into this generation. And it's not only is it interesting and there's so much to do. I mean, what you listed out, I had no idea you could get like bird watching kits and things like that. That's amazing. but. The, the community that you've fostered, especially with the teens and, and tweens, is such a welcoming, open community. We've seen it because we've collaborated on some things here at the United with the library and those kids specifically. And it's, it's amazing, the community that you've created and the openness and the safe space um, for these kids to go and talk and have great conversation. And I think, I mean, from the outside looking in, that's, that's amazing work. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, due to our librarians and them actually, you know, going out to the schools and talking to the teens and listening to them and actually using their feedback to create a space for them. So they feel a lot of ownership there. Um, and I think that's super important. And then it becomes word of mouth and more kids start showing up. What are you excited about? what's coming to the library. I mean, do you have anything interesting in the works that you're really excited? So we have the cottage, mm -hmm. and we're trying to figure out what to do with our former cafe space. Um, we have a, it's been difficult trying to find someone to um, manage a little cafe space in that space. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in town. There's a lot of places to get coffee and food, and we wanted, we had wanted the cafe to act as a space, as f just as a matter of convenience and service for our patrons. It wasn't to make money. Um, and I don't think it's much of a money maker. Um, so we're trying to balance a few things and figure out what to do with the space. Um, 
we had, we've been talking about maybe using it as a pop-up space for um, entrepreneurs and people who have homestead businesses and local organizations that want to promote something. Um, maybe it could be a space used by a high school teen that's doing a high schooler that's doing a senior project about you know starting a business. Um, I think you know the possibilities are kind of endless, and we're always open to hearing about new opportunities and working with other people just to make the library better for the patrons that we serve. So I like to end these, these conversations with kind of the same question, um, one that sets the stories on the path for future voices and conversations in this series and in this community as well. Um, like any community, Westerly is an ever-evolving community of new businesses, creatives, and voices. What would you like to see happen in this community over the next few years, and how do you hope to be a part of that? Um, I'd like to see more conversation amongst people, um, you know, but done in a gentle, understanding way so that people are actively listening to one another. Um, you know, we, we get so much thrown at us, um, and sometimes it's also easy to isolate and just, you know, absorb information and not that, that we kind of put together on our own with keeping a distance on other, you know, things. Um, and I think there's been some walls built in the town, and I'd like to be part of those conversations to, you know, everyone is entitled to their own thoughts and opinions, and that's, you know, why we have a library. There's something, again, for everyone in a library. Um, you know, you can give it a chance. You know, learn something new by listening or reading and accepting that everyone ha else has different opinions about certain things. But I'd, I'd really like to see that happen in Westerly because I feel like with the censorship of materials and um, social media um, providing a, a platform for people to um, share their thoughts without a face or an identity, just, I don't think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. 100%. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we try to have this these conversations and we have places like the library for people to go and, you know, hopefully we can keep having these conversations with people yeah. and and kind of get at some of the harder questions as well in some yeah. of these, you know. Great. Well, yeah. thank, thank you for you. joining us. Thank Amazing. you for asking. Thanks. It was fun. Right, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the United Theater Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. And if you could take a moment to leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Your feedback helps us create content that you love. So hit that subscribe button and leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode.